1: I'm gonna
0: break your heart
2: Welcome back to Movies for Life. I'm one of your co hosts, Brian Kuiper.
1: And I'm your other co host, Michelle Egan, and happy holidays, everybody.
2: Happy holidays. Merry Christmas is sort of the focus of this episode, though it is a covert Christmas. In fact, it is a <laughs> couple of sly Christmas movies. See, see how smart we are I with the with the double meaning. Not Right? Yeah. Though? So I think this episode has been a journey because <laughs> we started out saying, okay, last year we did horror movies. Let's do action movies. So we thought, so I immediately said, First Blood. You said Cobra. And then we <laughs> said, do we really want to do that? And I said, I want to do First Blood. And you said, um, maybe The Long Kissed Night." It's like, okay. Or some other shape may- Black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, or any yeah, pick up Shane Black, whatever <laughs> Predators or whatever The Predator, or whatever is that a Chris? I haven't seen that. Is that a Christmas movie? I don't know that any of them are. It's Shane Black, but it you know who knows? I don't know. Anyway, someone knows, but not me. Okay, and then we thought, oh, what about Violent Night? That would be fun. Yeah. Um, we didn't want to do Die Hard. That's too typical. So eventually, we came around and said, you know what? I really liked that Sylvester Stallone documentary, and kind of want to give <laughs> Sylvester Stallone some love.
1: So we came back to
2: our original plan, which is First Blood and Cobra, two covert so, Christmas yeah. movies. Um, but there are Christmas decorations all over the place in both of these. Yeah, uh, it's not like integral to the plot in any way, shape, or form. But except, it's cold. So we know it's cold in First Blood, so I guess that matters, but not in L.A., so <laughs> it doesn't,
1: it doesn't so I don't matter. think it's cold yeah. there at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, but hey, there are Christmas decorations all over, and uh, you get sort of that understated season feeling um, without being shoved in your face too much, you, you know? Yeah. So I'm kind of a Grinch. Yeah. <laughs> I've been a Grinch ever since I stopped working in the... Well, it was, frankly, during the time I was working as a a music director in a church. I had to start listening to Christmas music in, like, September so that I could choose music for, um, for rehearsals and for productions. And all it had to do with me was stress that's all i could think about was stress and that's sort of um, after i yeah and <laughs> okay and are you a grinch michelle and why really. on earth would that be though <laughs> i mean you have every reason really. as well.
1: right no not really but yeah of course this time is extra stress not just in your personal life but in your work life too when you work in retail over the holidays yay <laughs> So, how was Black Friday? Did you... Uh... Oh, it's not. It's nothing for us, but... Oh,
2: okay. um, that's
1: good. Yeah. It wasn't but like,
2: it's... you know, that opening scene of Thanksgiving. <laughs> no. <Okay>. Thank goodness. <laughs> but it's that's... busy,
1: and there's a lot to do, and you never feel like you're getting anything done, and yeah. that's no. It's not a good time. Not a good time. But it's almost over. Thank goodness. Yeah. Well, I mean, I not do too much enjoy... Longer.
2: I do enjoy the days, you know, Christmas Eve and Christmas Day themselves. Usually, you know, it's just kind of <laughs> time to hang around. Your eyes were a little chill, shifty when you said that. <laughs>
0: like <usually>. Play video <laughs>
2: games, watch movies, get warm. I'll actually say, hey, let's watch something heartfelt, like It's a Wonderful Life or something like that. But frankly, the rest of the time I'm like, let's watch... Uh, something that's, well, it's a wonderful life is pretty dark. Now that you think of it, I'm gonna say but, that's
1: pretty kind of depressing. That's pretty dark, <laughs>
2: but but you know, I'm like, I'm gonna watch The Lodge. I'm gonna watch Christmas Evil. Uh, maybe some Gremlins if I'm feeling really festive.
1: Well, now maybe we have a couple of
2: new, or uh, traditions
1: to watch. Maybe I want to watch Rambo every year now. Rambo, First Blood. Sorry, sorry.
2: That's okay. That just comes out. It just comes out. It it, does. I mean, (laughs) uh, this was intended to be a standalone movie. Yeah. You know, Uh, there wasn't this whole franchise in mind when um, when this movie came out, especially not considering the novel uh, in which, spoiler alert for those who don't know, Rambo dies in the book. Um, which is, I think, pretty common knowledge at this point for fans of the movie. Oh, I didn't Um, know that. Oh, okay. Well, what's interesting is this movie kind of went through a lot of scripts. There are like 25 scripts for the movie. Ted Kotcheff was attached early on, and then they decided the war was just kind of ending around 1975, so they said, hey, let's maybe put it off because this doesn't seem like the right time. And so there were a lot of scripts. And one of those scripts was written by someone who was attached to be the writer director for a brief time was in fact, Wes Craven. And I think that would be a really, really different movie uh, than, than this turned out to be. I don't think that uh, Stallone would have played Rambo. Um, I, Think it would have just been a. I think it would have been a pretty different movie. It probably would have been more like the book, to be honest. Uh, the book's very, very violent. Um, the book, the themes of the book are: you create a killing machine. What and can that really be shut off when they come back to the world? When they come out of the theater of war and come back to just the regular day to day. And I think Craven probably would have found those themes really interesting.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
2: You know, those, those are is, right up his alley. Yeah.
1: There's definitely that in this movie, but I think there's also... Absolutely. I think there's definitely also stuff about PTSD and, and trauma. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of makes more sense to do it maybe a few years later than they wanted yeah. to. Just to show that, hey, this is still a problem for yes. these guys and they need help. That's the, that's the point in the movie to me.
2: The point of the movie is, I think, yeah, very much that, and also it's just kind of trying to shine a light on the plight of veterans in the yeah. early '80s. Absolutely. Um, and Frank, this song, this movie actually goes really well with the song, you know, "Born in the USA," um, Bruce Springsteen's song. You know, where mm-hmm. you know these, he's talking about not being able to hold a job. He's talking about you know, um, just coming kind of having a dead end life and coming back from the war and it just continuing to be a dead end life for him. And that's in the Bruce Springsteen song, but also in the movie. I mean, so this is a, this is just a fascinating film. Um, I probably going to mention a few things from the novel as we go, because I just finished reading it like literally last night. And it's a great book. David Morrell, um, just called First Blood. It's got sort of the broad strokes are really similar uh, until the ending. The ending is very different. Like I said, it's just, you know, it ends tragically. But Stallone, when he was brought on to write it, not necessarily even to star in it, but to, to sort of rework the script, was like he he didn't want, he he was hearing things about, you know, um, veterans committing suicide and and just the negativity. And he was really disturbed by the way, the reception of veterans when they were coming home from Vietnam, being spit yeah. on, baby killer, the yeah. things that come up in the speech at the end yeah. of the movie. Uh, he was very disturbed by that. And he's like, I don't want any part of disparaging these veterans. <laughs> you know? And so he reworked the ideas of that are that are in the book too to be um about this this guy it's not an anti-hero movie he's not travis bickle he's he's very different from that yeah um he's pushed and pushed and pushed before he finally breaks reverts and reverts to
1: what he knows uh-huh And even if it's <laughs> It feels like it's just mostly destructive to himself, even though, yeah, he does cause a lot of damage in the movie, but it almost feels kind of metaphorical to me. Sure. In a way, yeah. too. Like for, what? for sure. Like, this is what's going to happen when you, you don't take care of people the way that they need to after they've been through something like this, the way they haven't dealt with it. You know, in a way, it was it was kind of weird watching it this time because I was like, I kind of feel like I'm relating to Rambo (laughs) in a way. Like I definitely felt um, for him like I and it was kind of weird when I first I remember I did around the same time, I think that I did a a Rocky watch through. I also did a Rambo watch through because I don't think um, I hadn't seen him in a long time or it's like I I don't know that I even seen the first one. And you just it's kind of one of those things kind of like rocky was for me too or like you think you know what it is by like cultural osmosis like you just kind of know rambo mm-hmm. as just like you know sweaty dude in the woods probably fighting off bad guys but then like you watch the first movie or I, maybe i had completely didn't even know this or i'd completely forgotten it that this was the story of it i was like oh damn like yeah that's not at all what I, I would have expected from like what we know as just the, the character. Mm-hmm. And that's why I th- this is, so, this is every time I've I've rewatched this, like this is becoming like, it's such a good movie. <laughs> it's so, it is. it's so good. And it's got so much more to say. And yeah, like we were talking about like some of the sequels off mic beforehand or they just get like s- super bloody and violent and that's so fun too. But uh, this God has so much more to say. Like I said, the, it, it angered me, and I I felt like him. I felt like I knew him. I felt like maybe I knew a little bit of what he was going through. And, uh this is such yeah. a good movie. I'm sorry. I didn't know where I was going with that, but
2: I just. No, it, <laughs> no I got you, though. It it really is um, something. Now, and part of it, I love this because it takes place in Hope, Washington. What? the hell now, even, how
1: beautiful is that
2: yeah though I mean, <sighs> it was shot in british columbia but there's a lot of things in here i was watching this is like that looks like north bend that looks like leavenworth that looks like you know some of the towns that are sort of in the foothills and and mountains you know low parts of the mountains around here and um there is actually a hope washington it's on uh, fox island Uh, which uh, doesn't mean anything to anybody that doesn't live here. But it's, um, you know, there's sort of the peninsula of Washington. And there's a map at one point where they're showing the peninsula. So this is supposed to take place somewhere like in the Olympic Mountains or something like that. And, yeah, just a small town. It totally looks like, you know, like the gateway that he walks through at the beginning. There's the entrance to Mount Rainier looks just like that. So it's just sort of wild uh, to see some of this. And um, I know it's not technically Washington State, but it looks so much like it that it feels very authentic to someone who's lived here my whole life, you know. Yeah.
1: So I'll be moving up there here pretty soon, too. Yeah. I'll I'll move in your backyard in the shed. And it's cool. Yeah. Got that all figured out. (laughs) It's I would God. Watching this, yeah, I was just talking to someone the other day about how, like, I want to, again, how what I've been thinking about is I want to live somewhere that's, like, beautiful with mountains and forests and stuff. And then I watch this again. It's like, God damn it. That's, like, yeah. that's so perfect. I love that.
2: So one of the things that I find kind of funny, I guess, I mean, obviously the opening is he, he's just, you know, trying to track down his old his old army buddy. And he mm-hmm. finds out he was a big guy, you know, and he talks, finds his mother, and his friend had died uh, of cancer from the a- Agent Orange stuff that, you know, the vegetation killer that mm-hmm. was spread all over um, in the war. And uh, it's that's just a, it just starts out with just this heartbreaking scene. Yeah. And then he, he's just walking down the highway trying to find. The next place to be, trying to find something to eat, you know, not doing anything. And the gateway says, welcome to Hope, gateway to Holiday Land, (laughs) which I I was like, huh. So there's the little bit of the covert Christmas stuff happening right from the beginning. And just the
1: irony of the name of the town being Hope.
2: Hope, just like yeah. the
1: very last thing that he finds there, you know, if at all, yeah. <laughs> like, and I guess they that don't give him that at a, all.
2: The real name of the town too is Hope. Is uh, British Columbia, is the name of the place. So, now the book takes place in Kentucky. So Will Teasel is more like a old school Southern sheriff kind of guy. Oh. Here, I think it's more interesting is Brian Dennehy is as Will Teasel is, uh, he's sort of a strange character in a way because his mistrust, I mean, there there are a couple of things. He, he says something, you come in here with that flag on your coat and stuff yeah. like that, like we know who, who you are and what you did. There, so there's almost like there's a little bit of this left-wing mentality in there, but he's also a sheriff, so there's the right-wing thing going on with him, too. And it's subtle. It's subtle. In the book, they explicitly say, yes, he was a Korean War veteran. Okay. In the movie, he goes into his office later in the movie, and you see there's, like, this plaque of medals. One of them's the Purple Heart. So, presumably, he was wounded in war himself. So, it's just kind of this fascinating sort of little things about him. And then of course being played by Brian Denny, he (laughs) helps, you know, he's, um, he's he's so good in this movie too. He's such a large imposing presence. He's a lot bigger than Stallone. I mean, he's like really tall. Stallone's kind of shortish, even though he doesn't necessarily look it uh, at first, but, so there's it's it's sort of like this um there's an equal match there it's not like one of them is so much more powerful than the other and i think that makes for um just a really interesting dynamic to start with you know
1: it's just interesting that he never really has any kind of big explosive moment like you would almost kind of expect about like why he has these feelings towards rambo or the any vets in, in general, other than just like what people were either angry at the vets for losing or for, you know, even fighting in the first place, like they couldn't win, you know, right. either way, with with either yeah. protesters or people who supported the war, which is just yeah. So mm-hmm. yeah, but he never really gives a reason. And he, he there's a couple of moments throughout the movie, I think, where it kind of feels like when he sees how big it's getting and how how serious mm-hmm. the whole situation is getting and how people are just like really like literally trying to kill this guy like he and he says, you know, several times that he doesn't want him dead. So you mm-hmm. think there's a little bit of a heart in there, but it, then at the end it's still like he it's hasn't more like he
2: wants him himself. Yeah, you know, he like, like he, he still him wants himself. some kind
1: of revenge or something yeah. for for some unknown reason. And you yeah. kind of, I kind of wish there was something about. Maybe it is just that you know him being a veteran himself. Maybe he's, there's jealousy. I don't, I don't know, or something, or just some other kind of un, unresolved issues he's got. That yeah, we never know about
2: it just starts out it's like we don't want guys like you yeah. in this town it's like it's a nice town it's boring even you know you you wouldn't like it here yeah, it's like he's he's got long hair he's un It's not that long
1: jeez he, I know he's
2: <laughs> he's unshaven he's quote unquote dirty you know vagrant one of you comes in, then moral come in, you know, and we don't want that here. We don't want your, we don't want your kind here. You yeah. Know, kind of thing. And then he co- starts coming up with excuses to, you know, like he finds the knife and he says, and he calls it a concealed weapon, <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> like, it's a, it's a knife. Um, so why, why would you carry a knife like that? And his answer is just hunting. Um, I think Rambo is really interesting in this in these opening scenes because even as he's being sort of roughed up a little bit, he's completely calm. He's not, yeah. it's like this is not the first time this has happened is what it feels like.
1: He's been like this probably, what, seven years, he says? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Um, If he came home in 75, yes, uh, and this is 82, so yeah, that would make sense. Um, but I mean, there's sort of like this dehumanization. He, he says, "Give him a bath. He smells like an animal," and it, they just go through all the processes. You know, where he's sort of. I, I like the part with the fingerprinting because he's he's just kind of resisting. He's just kind yeah. of pulling <laughs> his hand away. He's not he's not being violent at all. It's actually he's like, the guys are changing
1: his expression at all. He's
2: just yeah. kind of like, no. <laughs> it's there's the no cops that are being. That yeah. you know, the cops that are getting agitated and getting a little violence, like, "Will you stop that?" You know, and they're like hitting the, hitting the table with the nightstick and um, all that. Just, I love how he just kind of grabs the the napkin and starts wiping the ink mm-hmm. off his fingers. Stop that! You know, and they're just <laughs> yeah. so annoyed with him. <laughs> it's, and and he's just so calm about the whole thing. It's,
1: it's a power um, trip.
2: Yeah, for them. And he knows he. Totally knows it too, and the you know where he takes off the shirt and they sort of reveals a scar. The way they get into his head is really you know the PTSD element. Yeah. So seeing the bars on the window is reminding him of the the bars on on when he was held as a POW. Yeah, throwing stuff on him and takes off his shirt reveals he has all these scars on his chest and back. And I gotta say the makeup effects in this. Like when they show him being cut by the knife and stuff. And it's very real looking. It's pretty impressive. Spraying him down with a fire hose and all of that is, it's intense and he still is calm. He doesn't really kind of go off until they try to shave him. They pull out the knife, you know, pull out the blade and that sort of sets him off. And this is also where david caruso uh mitch is that yeah Yeah, mitch yeah he's sort of this is where he begins to go like you know he becomes a little bit of the voice of reason around it of the cops he says something like it's like how blind are you can't you see this guy's crazy you know and then then galt says can't you see i don't give a shit
1: yeah Um, it's like and he's he's being the voice the, the whole the the whole problem with the, like this whole situation is like yeah he's he's not really using the the right language here but he is he's understanding I think to some degree yeah. that something is going on with him like no he's not crazy like he's having an intense PTSD Reaction. flashback yeah. right now and and the thing
2: the thing that's interesting about that's Mitch tough. as well is I don't think he has he doesn't have the authority or yeah. the position in the as a police officer yet as a deputy to be able to sway people like teasel and galt who are they're kind of the heads of all this and they've known each other a long time they're older they're pretty you know cynical i think and hardened to the whole idea of police work where mitch is still a little bit of he's he's in transition he's not gotten there yet he's not He's still kind of like the, there's there's a little bit of right and wrong we got we got to look at here too you know I mean that's not coming out right
1: like he's um, got but, a little bit more of a heart than, yeah I, I, think, I think that's what mind. it is
2: he hasn't he hasn't been hardened yet I don't think um, but when Rambo sets off I mean he really sets off and it, he, he doesn't kill anybody but he hurts people. I mean, he just takes everybody out as he's escaping out of the out of the police station, knocks a few people down.
1: Because that's uh it's just it's hard to um it's almost really hard for me to watch this movie sometimes when um just kind of thinking about like what they're not understanding like what they're seeing um mm-hmm. from this guy. It's like you you took him to this place where he's having this intense flashback and it that's yeah, it's setting him off in like a way where he's like reverting back to what he was when that was happening to him. And mm-hmm. that's not necessarily something that he can fully control. And that's the whole that's the thing about this that makes it so hard. Is like when you're uh, okay, so like I've experienced that like to like I would say the very really minor degree compared to like what he's uh been through, like the character in this movie, but in those moments like that's that can be like that's really scary that's really intense and it kind of yeah. does feel like you're going back to like a certain sure. time and it's, it's it's harder to to get out of it or to have people like understand it is even harder and like that that's why the, the whole the whole speech thing at the end too is like n- no one would help like you just need someone to to listen and to understand
2: yeah. and like that's that's the whole thing it really is. I've kind of been on the, I guess, the teasel side of the equation as a teacher, where um, sometimes you're sort of exerting your authority and not really, you know, just trying to get someone to stop messing around or whatever. I mean, obviously not on a level that you would, you would, with between teasel and Rambo. I mean, this is a next level, but, but I guess sometimes I, I'm not thinking, Oh, this kid is having a rough day. Maybe yeah. something happened at home or, you know, and I've had kids set off, you know, over really small things or seemingly small things, you know? Mm. And it's just kind of like, I don't know what happened, you know? Yeah. And it's not, I mean, I wouldn't, you know, <laughs> be on, not, not on the level of the way the cops are pushing this guy, but, you know, I can, see sort of both sides of the of the story here because the cops don't necessarily know and Rambo's not able to express to them yeah exactly what is going on either so it's uh it's a very it's not excusing their actions don't get me wrong but it's, it's just the
1: language yeah. i don't think it even existed at that time
2: for no it didn't it didn't they would call what? it shell shock or something yeah, like yeah. that at, right, at, right, at right, best right. you know if that so,
1: but nobody anyway. had any idea, or as even people like the cops didn't have any idea about PTSD and like what that looks like mm-hmm. or how it can be expressed and how you should handle the situation. It's very sad. This is a very sad movie to me in that way.
2: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Um, but it's also kind of cool when you have something like the part where he just grabs the guy off a motorcycle yeah pulls the bike and starts getting chased the police car chase on the motorcycle is amazing where it's he really just cool. goes starts riding into the woods and yeah, then cool. um, the, the car just goes down the embankment and flips over and all that it's really good here's the thing in the book Rambo is naked this entire time <laughs> Nice. So while he's riding the motorcycle we get some, and everything, he's.
1: We do get some Stallone butt with the fire hose?
2: <laughs> you do. He's you smart. do. And so it's the fire hose, see, all, all that, that kind of sets him off. And he is naked this entire time. <laughs> he, the motorcycle chase out into the woods, he's completely naked. Hmm. And so he manages to find some clothes. Um,. And I I think it's, I think he takes them off of someone he kills, Um, but, um, and so his clothes don't exactly fit either, um, in, in the book, which is another interesting dynamic. Now in the book, he kills a lot of people and violently. So, uh, whereas here Stallone said, Hey, wouldn't it be interesting if he didn't actually kill anybody? And Ted Kotcheff was like, yeah, let's do that. Now, Tarantino in his book, I believe, criticizes that fact, which I'm like,
1: No, I don't um, agree. (laughs) I don't agree either. I think think it's
2: actually, I think it's because we have seen so much of the anti hero movie at this point. We've seen Rolling Thunder, we've seen Taxi Driver, um, we've seen that kind of thing a lot. Mm -hmm. So now Rambo's something different. He's it's sort of the beginning of the 80s action hero, but it's still straddling the 70s action hero uh, to some extent, too. So because he's vulnerable, he he gets wounded, he he gets um, alone, he's alone, he gets uh, has setbacks, he has things that don't work. Um, So I I really like that about this movie, too. Um, And he's not, you know, he's. In good shape, and he's muscular, but he's not like Stallone in Rambo to part two, <laughs> <Right>. You know, <laughs> or you know, Schwarzenegger Van Damme kind of thing.
1: He's on the defense, though, he's not on the offense that ever.
2: That's right, that's a, that's a movie. difference, too. Mm-hmm.
1: What's the whole point of the, the title of the movie? It's his line, they drew f- first blood,
2: they drew first blood, not me. That's right. So the whole thing with the woods is great um, with which the bulk of this. Yeah. So this, this sequence, um, the helicopter, you know, and the cliff, the helicopter. <laughs> yeah. And I tell you what, that stunt, that stunt that they have where you jump someone First of all, someone is actually on that r- cliff face. Someone actually jumped off that cliff face into a tree.
0: Yeah,
2: <laughs> that was a real thing that happened, and they captured it on film. That's a pretty I mean, cool stunt. It's, it's it's a, it's it's an amazing stunt. Yeah. I mean, but I think if this movie w- was made today, I mean, it just wouldn't f- you wouldn't feel it viscerally. It, there wouldn't be the there's a tactile element to it. I mean, oh, this I'm, I'm bro, not Yeah. F- yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I'm not for you know, endangering people's lives for a movie. But what an amazing stunt. Yeah, it's incredible. And then, you know, um, this is where you have uh, Galt. Um, because of his own stupidity, you know, he's firing at him with the rifle. He takes the safety harness off from the helicopter and he falls out. No sympathetic. That's another Sorry. gnarly stunt, too. <laughs> What's that? No
1: sympathy for that guy, sorry. No, he's a jerk. <laughs> You're he's literally an jerk. trying to kill a man who's hanging off the side of a cliff. Yeah. Right? How are you gonna justify that?
2: <laughs> right. That's right. And you know and, and no, you can't you know and Teasel and stuff is like, you know, damn it, stop firing, you know. But he just keeps going ahead and doing that anyway, and he kind of out of his own recklessness, he dies. But who gets the blame? Rambo, of course. Yeah. And so, now Teasel, this is sort of like the inciting thing for him where it just, it becomes extremely personal now. Yeah. It's like this, I've I've known, we were doing this together when you were still, you know, getting your nose wiped. You know, he probably said, original script probably was more like getting your <laughs> ass wiped. But <laughs> great. But, You know, and this is another one where Rambo sews up his own wound on his arm. That looks really freaking real.
1: I hate (laughs) it when they do that in movies.
2: (laughs) But it's not—it's not like insert shots and close-ups or something. It's just—it's just matter of fact. It's just a shot of him, pretty much a full-body shot of him. You know, just sewing up his arm Mm -hmm. and it's not, it's not made for the gross factor. It just kind of is, is. And I like that about sort of the aesthetic of this one. Um, It doesn't, it's got a little bit of that documentary and real verite feel of a seventies movie -hmm. um, that I, that I really dig.
1: There was a part um, before that, right before that, when he's um, he comes up to Galt's body and just kind of like looks at mm-hmm. him. I like that moment too because when he's just looking at this guy's face, he was obviously checking to see if he really was dead. You know, he didn't like he doesn't want to kill anybody. Look on his face, right. he's horrified. You know, because he yeah. didn't he didn't want to do that. He didn't want any of this to happen. And yeah, and then he tries to give himself, himself up. In. Yeah, he's and, and they thinks, just like, shoot I, him. Don't,
2: I don't. They just shoot at him. I don't. Yeah, I don't want <laughs> any more hurt. And it's like I didn't do anything. It's like, I didn't kill him. I didn't do anything. And to Teasel's credit, he's pissed off when one of his deputies fires. Oh, yeah. At him. He's, he's just like, it's like, hold your fire, God damn it. You know, that kind of thing. And then we find out who Rambo is Green he's Beret. Beret. Congressional Medal of Honor. And Mitch is like, I knew it. I knew <laughs> it. <laughs> it's like, and this is where Teasel makes it personal. It's like, I'm going to pin that Congressional Medal of Honor to his liver and I'm going to do it with you or without you. And that's what it is. He becomes Ahab. He's yeah. he 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 goes into Ahab mode. Uh Rambo is his white whale. He knows he doesn't stand a chance. He knows he's probably going to get killed, but he but Rambo hurt him. You know, so he's going to have his revenge.
1: Well, and do you think he knows that Teasel does do you think he knows that in some way or does he even believe that he was in the wrong in any way?
2: Oh, I don't think so. You don't think he no, ever, he, he, I he don't never
1: think thinks he... that?
0: I was wondering I he, that. I, I was like, does...
1: does he ever think, does he ever think, damn, I never should have started this, with <laughs> this guy, you know?
2: I think he does think that later. I think he, in the conversation that he has with Troutman in the bar, I think mm-hmm. is really the one point where I think he does ask that, because he's like, I wanted him. He, he just says, I wanted him so bad. I just wanted him. And it's like, and Troutman says, doesn't go well with that badge now, does it? And yeah. and he's kind of like, yeah, I know. You know, th- there is that. And it is, and he says, I know. He, it's sort of an acknowledgement that he's screwed up, I think. That's where it goes. But he has uh, the power...
1: He has the power throughout this whole movie, though, to call all of this off yep. at any time.
2: Until, maybe. but the maybe, state poli- maybe not. The state yeah, police after come in. Guy yeah, dies. yeah,
1: and the after this.
2: Other... Yeah, I think after it escalates at this point, it's sort of like it's the point of no return. Yeah, I think that's part of it. And the state police come in, the national guard comes in. It's become bigger than he can handle. Yeah, you know, I am just um, I.
1: I am all about Rambo and Troutman <laughs> this movie. I don't really, I could not have any sympathy for the other side on this at all.
2: Well, I mean, for me, the, it's not sympathy exactly. It's just that the actors who play them are so good yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that it's just kind of like, it's really compelling, you know, because between Dennehy and Caruso and, um, you know, the guy who plays Galt and all of that is there's, Even though it's not explicit, it's in the subtext. Uh, I think there's an empathy in the subtext. um, Or an understanding that you can find in the subtext if you look for it. But, you know, this not that movie. This movie is Rambo's movie, and Rambo's supposed to be the hero. He's not an anti-hero. No. And Teasel is an antagonist bordering on villain <laughs> you know so it's it's uh, how the movie i think is sort of set up okay so this sequence where he kind of attacks or yeah he attacks them. he attacks all the cops and everyone sort of in the i mean some of the things are like you can feel the pain for sure <laughs> even if you are kind of like you know you're still rooting for rambo here but like the (laughs) the come on
1: the little trap with the the spikes spikes get the guy in the legs damn yeah
2: yeah those those come dangerously close to the family jewels (laughs) uh as well uh so that that would hurt
1: well that part when he um he's hiding in the ground you know he's um camouflaged himself and everything he just like jumps out to I always just call him David Caruso. <laughs> My notes. He stabs yeah. him in the leg. <laughs> Heard of Mitch? Yeah. That Mitch. was that kind of. That was a little scare moment for me. That's pretty cool.
2: Yeah. I, but you know he's got the you know the tree on his back and everything. Is it's it's a cool scene. Um. And oh, they said the
1: Dobermans on him and everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. That's right. But when he he just comes out to and and pins Teasel against the the tree with the knife to his throat. It's like, I could have killed them all. Don't push it, or I'll give you a war you won't believe. Let it go. Let it go. go. Don't hold it back anymore. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the closing song of the show I'm playing right now is also called Let It Go. That phrase has just been
1: ruined, hasn't it? It has. It, It
2: has. It has. And so, yeah. And so this is where we see this is blown up. Uh, right after that, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, we see the base camp. You got the state police. You've got National Guard coming in. You've got reporters everywhere. Um, it's kind of become a circus. Uh, and this is, I think, just the evidence that it's out of Teasel's control. He's lost yeah. the his handle in the situation. There's and he's it's spun out of his hands. He cannot get it back at this point. Um, he's sort of screwed himself over. And it's his fault. Yeah.
1: Well, this is when one of the guys comes in, too, and says something to Teasel. Because he, to his credit, he wasn't actually there when the other cops were uh, messing with Rambo in the station. That's true. So he, uh, I think it's Wade or I don't know all their names. Um, One of the guys comes in and tells them about, you know, Galt and some of the others were, quote, unquote, being a little hard on him.
2: Right, which is an understatement of the decade. Like, right.
1: Um, okay.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Well and then Teasel has this whole thing though, where he's like, Oh my god, if that was if that was true, like all the prisoner has to do is come to me as if they could trust you right. in the first place. It, to it's a come ridiculous to you with your Yeah. And he's yeah. like, Oh, I totally would have handled it. I'm the one who should be kicking my deputy's asses, as, you know, not not this guy. Like I that just sounds all of that just like complete bullshit to me <laughs>
2: absolutely absolutely it is and this is where you get why on earth would god make someone like rambo then you get god didn't make rambo i did i made him <laughs> i love this. now guy. i got i got to admit, i love richard krenna in this i love him but of course this was originally cast as kurt kirk douglas oh no and i can and i can hear kirk douglas saying that line and I think I really like what I hear. To be honest with you, I'm and oh, no. I'm I'm not saying that the movie should be changed or anything like that. But I think Kirk Douglas would have been fantastic in this movie. I really do. And I, you know, don't ask like me for Richard that. <laughs> I love Richard Crenna. Love He's Richard. So Krenner. good. But um, I, I I can hear um, Kirk Douglas just kind of kicking that rolls ass too to be honest with you. <laughs> and this is where we find out the extent that this is not this was like not just the green berets but like a special unit within the green berets. So this is like elite special ops, dark ops, mm, um
1: best of the best.
2: Best of the best, you know, Delta Force killing machine, you know, that you know whatever. <laughs> SEAL Team 6 yeah. kind of guys, you know.
1: Trying yeah. to ignore pain, ignore weather, live off the la- eat land, eat what—so what, what's that? Something make like a goat eat would make a thi- eat to eat things that would make a billy goat puke.
2: Yeah. I love that line. Um, I'm just lo- rainbow
1: was the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm just amazed he allowed any of your posse to live. Technically speaking, he screwed up. <laughs> I love that. That's true. Uh, good stuff. And so he also, Troutman, soon after this makes it, he calls Rambo on the walkie-talkie that he has. And so this is where Rambo knows that Troutman is there. Uh, Okay, so Troutman calls uh, him on the walkie and is like, you know, you're, (laughs) everyone, and and this is where Troutman finds out that, that, is it Delmar? Delmar? Died too. Got himself killed yeah. in Nam. Didn't even know it. Uh The whole cancer thing. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So it's just. Oh, and and of course the the it's like there are no friendly civilians. It's like, well, I'm your friend, Johnny. It's like Aww. they drew first blood, not me.
1: Yeah, he's um, calling him like as if they're back in Vietnam. Yeah, but I don't think that's not where Rambo's head is at. I don't think like he knows. He's not there. Like he's still. He knows
2: where he is.
1: He knows where he is. He's not like that far gone or something. I don't know, but he. I don't know. I wish I. I just. I wish I. I had the words to like better understand like how to you know convey I, exactly what's going on inside his head. You know.
2: Yeah, he. It's not like he's lost touch with reality. Exactly. He knows, yeah. Right. He, he knows what's going on. I mean, there's no. Yeah, it's not some sort of insanity it's you know where you've lost his lost his grip on reality and thinks he's back in the jungle or something
1: yeah that's what i mean
2: yeah yeah he he knows what's up um and he
1: says he 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 only wanted to get something to eat
2: yeah
1: everything that's right it makes me very sad
2: i know (laughs) he just wanted something to eat that's all now, the National Guardsmen uh, chase him into the woods, or chase him into the mine, I should say. Well, he comes uh, across that, that kid. That's... Oh, that's right.
1: They... Okay. They've... Well, they fire a freaking rocket launcher at the yeah. guy. <laughs>
2: exactly. <laughs> uh, now, it's, now... It's this, just,
1: this it's the, insane to me. <laughs> the, the Guardsmen see... It's one seem, guy.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. The rocket launcher thing is crazy, but... um couple of uh, little fun facts that i noticed here hmm. i'm pretty sure that the guy that plays clinton the head of the you know sort of the captain of this little group uh is timothy stack's brother uh timothy stack was on son of the beach uh <laughs> different stuff like that you'd, he's one of those faces you'd recognize um sort of a comedian uh and also bruce greenwood is one of these guys yeah, blink and you miss what? him. Yeah, Bruce Greenwood is one of these guys.
1: That's right, so, you just tell me that and I forgot to...
2: Yeah, uh, and I, 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 I was watching that. for I was him watching and this. I, w- I didn't recognize him because he looks so different. I mean, this was 40 years ago. Uh, so he looks <laughs> very, very young. They call them by their real names. So Bruce is one of the names that he says. Okay. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> so I think that was pretty funny. Now, of course, the cave sequence is the in the hero's journey the descent into the underworld
1: well there's another like just before that there's a little kind of comment i would say on just the whole situation is when those guys are taking a picture of themselves next to the rubble that they have created it's like look look what six guys against with a rocket launcher can do against a one man like yeah you guys are You're real men there. (laughs) Right. (laughs) They get rightfully, like, scolded for being idiots for doing that, though. But, God. They
2: do. (laughs) Yeah, uh, Teasel's pretty pissed off about this. Uh, You know, he does this whole thing, you know, you think he's the only guy that had a tough time in Vietnam. Um, Again,
1: a tough time?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's more than (laughs) that. That's how you can
1: describe that?
2: (laughs) And this is where you also have, you know, where he goes into his office. He has that subtle thing where you see... That, yes, Teasel was a veteran, too. He was wounded. But um, for some reason, he's not... He's sort of like, it was a different war. Yeah. You know, it was not World War Two or Korea. You know, I feel like what I was doing was noble, and we had a real... We had an enemy, and we had... A, whereas Vietnam is like, yeah, there was an enemy, but it was like the the enemy somehow was more nebulous it was harder to pin down what exactly was going on and um so both in the jungle and on the home front I think and so I think that's a comment on that in a very subtle way
1: well when he and Troutman are just kind of talking to and he says something about how like well we arrested him or something and he's like oh yeah for for vagrancy that's gonna look good you know in Arlington cemetery Killed for, or, or this Congressional Medal of Honor winner, like war hero, killed for vagrancy in Jerkwater, USA.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. It, it, they kind of cut back and forth between where Rambo is in the cave and yeah. where uh, Troutman is. And in the cave, uh, you've got, you know, like the rats. And he does kind of, <laughs> it rattles him. You know, he gets mm-hmm. really It's the first time you see him, you know, outside like the police station where you see him really rattled, really angry, just pissed off at his whole situation. In the book, it's bats that are that are after him. And, you know, he like puts his hands into their poop and stuff. And it's it's, the description is really gross. Um, But but there's also this idea that, you know, because of all that, the bat guano and stuff like that and the gases trapped inside the cave, it could kill him.
1: Well, here I mean, he's it's very narrow. It's it's so yeah, crawling through and And don't know where you're going to get out. Yeah, it could collapse or something. Yeah, Mm -hmm.
2: yeah, and it's like who knows how far you need to go into this cave to get out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, or or if you will just get trapped and lost. Yeah. So I mean, so there's a very good reason for both Rambo and Teasel and the others to believe that he's not gonna make it out, that he's gonna be die in underground.
1: Or they thought that the rocket launcher took him out. So.
2: Of course the, the one who is pretty sure he's probably not dead is Troutman. He doesn't say it. <laughs> but he's he's like he's he's no. He's gonna make he it didn't, out of there.
1: He didn't train him like that. He
2: <laughs> Right.
1: He would have survived that. But yeah, there is kind of a there's that's a little little Metaphorical, like cleansing journey thing, mm-hmm. like through the cave, up, up the yeah. ladder, like out to the light again.
2: And you got to remember, this is, you know, five years before Star Wars made <laughs> made uh, the hero's journey stuff. You know, sort of super popular. Hey, look at uh, Joseph Campbell and all this stuff. It's like you know, David Morrell did it f- before that. You know, obviously, it's something that's been going on for. Millennia, right? <laughs> you know, the, the hero's <laughs> journey, but putting it into a modern story um, yeah. purposefully. You know, Tolkien did it, but um, here, Morrell is doing that in an actual modern setting, not in the fantasy world. And he did it on purpose. And so having things like the knife and the knife gets bigger as the movies go on, you know, it's, uh, it there's <laughs> multiple meanings to that, you know, his weapon, but also, you know, his, his phallus, you know, I mean, it's, it's his manhood, sure. uh, his, his heroism, whatever you want to call it. It's all, it gets bigger. Um, his body gets bigger. I mean, seriously, yeah. Stallone's body oh my gets God. much bigger. <laughs> As the movies go on and most of that and he is admitted to it is partially artificial uh, in how that happens. Juicy vitamins
1: Um, of some sort. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I can't imagine what those would be. Um, I love how
1: he looks here. I love his body here. He's like the perfect perfect. kind of chiseled physique. uh, He's chiseled. He's
2: he's 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 strong. He's clearly he's got a lot of muscle tone, but he's not he's not. Superhuman. It's not, looking. Yeah, it's not
1: scary. He doesn't have the what are those the traps or anything like that. Uh, that's that's when it gets a little much.
2: The, now, okay, so the conversation that that Troutman and I know I brought it up already, but that Troutman and and Teasel have in the bar. I I think this is such a key moment, and you know the idea of th- he says I just I wanted to kill him so bad I could taste it. That's what Teasel says, and. And the Troutman's response, it doesn't sit well with that badge. But I mm. suppose it could get confusing. Uh, and he says, Lord knows that Rambo and I got plenty confused out there ourselves. So there is sort of that. I mean, it's not understanding, but it is like this spun out of your hands and you know. it. Yeah. And uh, now in this scene. There, it's again, it's just sort of like something about the expression, something about the way he carries himself. Where it's like, Troutman, does Troutman at least suspect that he may have to kill Rambo at the end of all this?
1: I think he comes into the situation probably prepared to do that in the first place. Yeah, that's just probably the kind of guy
2: that he is, you know. Yeah, he knows what he has to do, he knows what the mission is. Um, because mm. he says something like. The mission first, of order, follow orders no matter what, and uh, when in doubt, kill. <laughs> Was is kind of what he says in that scene, you know. Um, <laughs>
1: well, and when he's first introduced, um, he calls Rambo my boy. You know, yeah. just like in a kind of a friendly, you know, like a fatherly I, sense. To there's it. also a fatherly thing to it, like that. He's my responsibility, and if it did have to end like it does in the book, then I do think if the the way the book does it with Troutman being the one to kill him is probably if it had to go that way, that's
2: that's the right way for it to go. What's interesting in the in the movie compared to the book is Troutman and Rambo's relationship is much more personal in the movie. They actually were in battle together, whereas Mm -hmm. in the book. Rambo talks about Tra- Troutman just being sort of like the voice of God. He was the voice that came over the radio, the loudspeaker, and gave them orders while they were in basic training. I mean, it was, there's not a personal connection.
1: That's what makes the so, movie so strong. though.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so that is, um, so when he kills Rambo at the end of the book, it's almost like I was just doing what I had to do. I was putting an animal down. It's
1: just a mercy killing?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's very dark. I I find that the personal relationship between them is so much more powerful. The fact that they were in, you know, sort of brothers in arms, you mm-hmm. know, as well as being... And so so there, there is sort of this fatherly quality going on. Whereas Absolutely. I think in the book, it's sort of like Troutman is sort of representative of like the Greek gods, you know, Apollo didn't give a shit about the people that were, <laughs> he just used them as pawns. And that's sort of a, that's, you know, again, that's a comment on the way people felt about Vietnam in 1972, if they were from a certain political perspective, you know, um, wow. that all these soldiers were just pawns in a government game and a faceless government kind of situation but as in that sequence in the descent where she suddenly finds herself coming out into the air uh, rambo (laughs) finds his way out of the cave (laughs) no Um, no oh it's different okay that does not happen that that turns out to be a dream that turns out to be a dream well no she, she does no she comes out it's just that it turns out to be a like ho- a, a, a like yeah. not a dream, but like a wishful thinking or something wishful. like that. Yeah. And
1: the correct version of uh, the movie. She's been where trapped in the cave the no whole sequel. time. no yeah. sequel. <laughs>
2: yeah. The sequel doesn't exist, by the way. There's no sequel. I'm, no. I have not seen it and will never see it. There can't I be a sequel re- because
1: the way it because she's yeah. not, she's still oh in the
2: gosh. cave. <laughs> I absolutely fucking refuse to see the sequel to that movie. It's not horrible, I, but it's like I've like, had people tell me that too. Yeah, I've had people tell me that too, and it's like it's like you should see it. It's good. I'm like, no, I'm not going to. see it. <laughs> Sorry, like but anyway, he comes out, but the base camp is there, so he's like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I can't go that way. But this great, this is great, where he jumps into the, the truck and steals truck, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he steals the truck. It's like, it's like I got no beef with you. And it's like, it's like, it tells him to all right, get out. No, just 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 get out of the truck. He's like, what are you talking about? It's like, get out, go home, because these are these are not, these are national guard. You know, weekend yeah. warriors, couple weekends a month, guys. These are not the ones who are out in the middle of the wars you know these are these guys have families they have uh they've got jobs they're holding down you know it's like one of them says i gotta i gotta open the pharmacist you know the next day or whatever he says (laughs) i gotta open the Uh, drugstore so they're just townspeople
1: yeah they're not the guys that are after him either he doesn't he can distinguish between like who the real bad -hmm. guys are in the situation
2: yeah all right, so here's my notes for the end of the movie. He heads back to down, explosions,
1: Splosions after explosion after explosion. I yeah. love it. Why does he T- Teasel goes on he...
2: the Teasel goes on the roof? More explosions.
1: <laughs> he ditches the army truck and just blows it up <laughs>
2: like at the gas station. Why? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Are you just trying well, to call attention the... to yourself or what?
2: He gets the M60 out of the yeah, bag first. Though. Right. I mean, that's that, <laughs> well, we which, that. is, which is like a which is like a tripod gun. It's not one you that's handheld. Uh, and he's hand holding this in Ram- M60. Not in Rambo's hands. <laughs> oh man, it's amazing, fantastic. Th- this ending sequence is kind of the birth of 80s action. You know,
1: it's, it's, well, it's all the things that we love from 80s action. Yeah, yeah exactly. Absolutely. <laughs> exactly.
2: So, I mean, this is, this is Rambo first blood part two comes from this <laughs> ending, you know, it sort of starts where this one like, ends. You this
1: know? is what the rest of the series is going to be is this yeah. part of the movie <laughs> pretty yeah. much. Yeah.
2: But this is still done in a way that feels reasonable. You know, it's not completely out of out of the realm of possibility to me. You know, like he goes into there's a gun shop. So what does he do? He unloads all the gunpowder and everything and things like that all over the floor and sets it on fire. (laughs) Explosions, you know, um, (laughs) explosions are the best. Then he goes into the more Christmas decorations because he's back in the police station. Um, (laughs) Yep. And he shoots up. through the roof and teasel falls down through the uh through the skylight there which is is like yeah just just kill me rambo don't do it
1: yeah because in a scene before that when they they find out that rambo is still alive there's the thing between um teasel and Mm. Troutman when um he's like you knew you still alive didn't he was like yeah pretty much yeah i had my (laughs) suspicions yeah (laughs) But I had my says,
2: suspicions means, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Duh. <laughs>
1: Duh. I told you I trained this guy. I totally trained him to survive this kind of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. but, but he does say, like, you know, I'm like the closest thing to a family, and that might be the edge I need to get to him. Again, yeah. just like with, like, that this is what the movie is saying. And the way that, again, just like the way that Teasel just kind of like, scoffs that off like oh, he says something like where do you people come from or something or like you're like you're not even uh, this is why i kind of just i feel for for rambo and his, his situation yeah. in this movie you know what i mean it's like this is what the point of this is, is like this is what yeah. he's he's needing someone to talk to and more importantly that's someone right. to listen
2: that's right you know now here's the thing when kirk douglas was on the movie now he had he, he was a big deal to have on it because he was like a huge um, like overseas draw, you know, so for like the international audience, Kirk Douglas was the star and Stallone was, you know, the supporting guy, you know, he, he was like, oh, yeah, we like Rocky, um, <laughs> you know, but in, in the United States, Rocky was gigantic, right? Rocky, Rocky two. So Stallone was the star of this. Now, Kirk Douglas rewrote the script and he kills Rambo in the end. And they said, well, Stallone was like, I won't do the movie if you kill Rambo. And so they decided to give... Now, Kirk Douglas didn't have like script approval or something like that. So they said, all right, Kochiv said to him, all right, here's the script, you take it or leave it. And he decided to leave it. And so they brought in Richard Krenna last minute. I mean, like they were shooting the next day kind of thing. And Krenna was admittedly like, I don't really know what I'm doing this in this movie. So you got to just tell me uh, and I'll do it. <laughs> and so and he you pretty damn good performance, considering that yeah. was the situation, you know. But this closing sequence is Stallone. This is this oh, is Stallone, God. um, wanting to convey his view of the treatment of veterans that, that were coming home, that had come home. It's different. That it's not. It doesn't feel scripted. I mean, just like the way he's telling the story about it's the a stream shoe-shy. of consciousness of yeah. uh, his
1: his his thoughts and his emotions and his memories of the people. You know, that yeah. his friends and the things that he saw and the things that he experienced. Yeah, it's like, that's just kind of how, <laughs> how the brain works. It's just like, I, he's had all the like he says, basically, he's had all this stuff in his head for, for seven mm-hmm. years, you know, that he's been, you know, on his own, a drifter. And it just it really gets to me, too, when he just starts, when he says, like, towards the end about how it's was like, he don't, I don't talk to anybody for a day, sometimes a week. Right. You know, yeah. and <laughs> it is mo- that's, that kind of got to be more so than just the, than the the story that he tells about, you know, the the bar in Saigon yeah. and the, the kid that comes in with the shoeshine box and everything. And like, it's yeah, when I he, mean, he, he says, yeah, obviously that stuff's going to affect you. But it's what he says afterwards. Like that, like, can, like I've been saying, like, that's what the point of the movie. And he says, like, and nobody would help. Yeah. And nobody yeah. would nobody would help. Like, I can't get it out of my head. Right. You know? um like that's the kind of stuff that i i felt like i understood and you know had kind of experienced again experienced similar feelings and thoughts you know that's again like you you need somebody that even if it's been like super uncomfortable and like um doesn't trapman says something like that you know that's in the past and it's like for you like not for me like there are some things that are that are never in the past for some people there are things that stay with you forever And you need help to get through
2: it. When when Troutman says this mission is over, he says nothing is over. Nothing is over. And he says you don't just turn it off. No. (laughs) Which is kind of the point of the book. You know that's that's the point of the book. And so, but um, there's that too in the movie. Stallone brings in the ideas of we were told that to go out there and win, but they wouldn't let us win. And then, I mean uh obviously the the first line of the first big line of part 2 is do we get a win this time um but <laughs> <laughs> anyway um uh, that's bringing home the POWs and country or whatever but uh but this one where he says you know back out there I, you know i was in charge of million dollar equipment yeah. here i can't even hold down a job parking cars parking cars yeah the protesting and the baby killer and the spitting on him and all of that who are they to
1: protest me yeah yeah stuff. And i yeah i i believe i absolutely believe his performance in, in this scene he yep. does such a good job in this um yeah this will come up later on in our uh discoveries favorites of 2023 episodes probably but like i think before this year and before uh, a while ago when I did my Rocky and, and Rambo watch through, I think for most of my life, I would have said that I was an Arnold person. But I don't know, Me man, too. I am I am a yeah. thousand percent a Stallone person now. He just. That, um, yeah. He, I, I can mean, d- he has so much more personality and so much more emotion in his performances, mm-hmm. in his
2: vulnerability. He's
1: fucking funny, too. He's really funny. He's, <laughs> he he's so funny.
2: Extraordinarily intelligent. Yeah. He comes across as kind of a meathead because you know he's got a little bit of his uh, his the little gravelly s- voice, speech yeah. speech issue, and things like that. But that's like a it's like a nerve thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mouth, it's, it's,
1: uh, when he was born, yeah. his his face yeah. is paralyzed. <laughs> yeah.
2: And and but I also think to his credit, the way this movie ends is because of his optimism too. He just doesn't like sad endings.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs> you know, and and you know what? In this movie, that works. I think it does. You know? I think it works in Rocky as well. So, you know, the first one because I mean, the first one, or or Rambo, or, or First Blood, I should say. Um, neither of those movies have a perfectly happy ending. Both of them are like there. There's a mixture because Rocky loses. He loses, he loses but loses he gets the fight. He gets the girl. But but the thing is, it's like that's not what matters to him it's a- adrian that matters here he lives and he knows he's going to have to face the consequences but there's also a sense of hey do i finally get to have a situation where i can deal with all of this yeah. stuff am i finally going to be able to get help you know yeah um so anyway uh, and i this love movie that a freaking action rises.
0: movie yeah, I mm-hmm. love that
1: an action movie like this ends with two dudes crying and holding each other, you know, cuz that's yeah. that's how this should have ended. That's how this the story should have gone and I Yeah. Like I said, I, rewatching this like several years ago, this was not what I had it. I had the sequels in my in my head when I would think of Rambo. But yeah. this is just uh, yeah, this is such a good movie.
2: <laughs> and it goes up in my estimation every time I see it, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's just sort of like, wow, this is This is really something special, and um, I'm personally not a big fan of the sequels. I I think they're so... They're fun. (laughs) They're fun, but they're not substantive, and I kind of like the substance of this movie. Absolutely. Um, And I just find find part two and three just kind of (laughs) corny. You know, they're so over the top that they're just kind of like... Yeah. Then 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 trying to ground it again with the fourth one, it is so fucking violent. It's like it is <laughs> It's like it's like uh in this movie it's like, "Hey, what if Rambo didn't kill anybody?" And then in that one it's like, "What if Rambo killed everybody and like killed them a lot?" You know, just just not like <laughs> I'm not just going to shoot a guy. I'm going to like turn him into a hamburger with a machine gun you know at close range in his face that'd be cool right right um so it's just
1: <laughs> see this is making me this is just making me want to watch the sequels more <laughs>
2: you know and I'm, I'm not opposed to the sequels i just don't connect with them I find uh, so. I think I probably got to approach them more of like from the camp value that they have, right? Which is kind of how I approached our next movie.
1: Good transition,
2: Cobra. Look at you. I mean, what a picture! <laughs> I love Cobra. <laughs> uh, this movie is okay. Now, I wrote to you yesterday. I said this movie is bug nuts. I want to amend that a little bit. <laughs> the first third of this movie is bug nuts then it kind of settles into a groove where it's just like okay there there are parts of the beginning of this movie that are like wow that is that is a choice that is a real a real choice but in like this amazing wonderful over the top this is i mean this is so 80s that it's like you know the heart that most 80s and 80s movie is ever 80s it's got to be this. has got to be Cobra.
1: This is an action movie with personality is how I like to kind it of describe it. Personality. You know what I mean?
2: There you go. Yeah.
1: And what I what I was trying to say to you about um, how I kind of... I used to think it was like, oh, my God, Cobra, that's like that crazy, like, people are all nuts in, in that movie. But I when I was watching it this time, I kind of saw it as more of... A, I kind of was comparing it to the Warriors in my head in a way where... Oh, that's an interesting... Thought. where where it's not so much like a instead of being like a dystopian future type of movie which it kind of feel this one does kind of feel like it's more like an alternate present um okay where it things don't still feel like a little out of reality but not all the way you know what i mean yeah <laughs> it made sense it made sense in my head where no i got gotcha. you the whole cult that they never explain the yeah, the, the, the beginning and banging just the, axes, the together. axes together. I mean, you're like, okay,
2: and then there's, there's like a there's like graffiti of pinhead, but but pinhead didn't <laughs> exist yet, kind of thing.
1: It was a skulling crossbones.
2: Yeah, I know, but it has like the lines on its <laughs> face like pinhead. That's why I say that. Um, so
1: it kind of feels like this is some sort of like a maybe where we went off track before like this is how our reality could be if we don't get people (laughs) in place or you know it doesn't really feel like the future it does it's still in the present where it it feels like um just like things are a little bit wonky or off in in this but it's it's fun and and quirky and like i said this movie has has personality it infuses uh, comedy Uh, a lot of that again like we just said that stallone is hilarious and like uh, i would say like tango cash and like movies like that but here he's very subtly funny (laughs) he's got some great lines that i'm gonna start
2: like i think incorporating into my real life here absolutely um now the opening credits of this make me think you know what i think this is panos kosmatos's favorite movie of his dad's because this opening sequence is mandy 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 Oh, I haven't watched uh, Mandy yet. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like Mandy if Mandy was directed by Tony Scott. Um, is, is is what? Okay, yeah. I
1: yeah. It's it's
2: um, it's something. Um, yeah, I, I like the, a cult that likes to bang axes together. I like uh, that this is L.A. And then it's Christmas. Christmas in LA is a different kind of thing, clearly. Um, yeah. Because, you know, it's not traditional looking. You know, it's not traditional movie looking Christmas uh, because it's at the beach. No and snow it's or anything. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and uh, the sky is always orangish pink. Um, <laughs> the, I, hey, I'm the just colors. convinced.
1: Colors are fun in this movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. Which you know, which is why I say Tony Scott. You know, that's got (laughs) sort of that look. You know, Um, his movies are very orange. So, which is is, is great. You know, hey. (laughs) Now, the way this starts with a guy walks into a supermarket and starts shooting shit up. That's. uh, I mean, kind of hard to watch
1: that now, isn't it?
2: (laughs) Yeah, um, but uh, hey, what are you going to do? What else? You're going to call I mean, the it's also,
1: well, <laughs> Call the Cobra. Sorry, I didn't mean to drop that. <laughs> I think that's also just kind of setting up this kind of... Um, this present, obviously, where I mean, he has that whole, like, uh, voiceover, like, right when the movie opens about, you
2: know, There's a violent that, crime that, every 30 seconds. That voice. <laughs> there's, a, there's a rape, 250 rapes a day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just kind of setting up that this is a not happy place to be right now. And I don't know, there's just, to me, there was like, just like little hints of that. You see like the shot figures. It's Chateau a very figures. conservative
2: agenda. Let's put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> This movie, okay. This movie is, to me, it's kind of a remake of Dirty Harry, but with the 80s mentality added to it. Because you got this serial killer, just like Dirty Harry, and Dirty Harry is sort of like the Cobra, where it's like, what about the victim's rights? What about, you know, that kind of thing. I'm going to be imitating Clint Eastwood <laughs> and uh, Sylvester Stallone today. Thank you very much. Um, you got to get a matchstick does, then. Put in yeah, your I mouth need the, the match. Whole time. <laughs> now the match comes in handy. It does. <laughs> towards the end. I, I was like, it does. okay, when he comes out with the matchstick in his mouth, I was like, okay, he better use that match. <laughs> yeah, use that, He's, right? You better use that match. Um, now, my brother, I went, and visited him over Thanksgiving, and I saw that he had Cobra on his shelf. And he <laughs> said, Yeah, I bought it for, I, I wanted to see that movie because of the car. Um, see, this is yes. my brother. My brother's a car guy, and uh, the car's pretty great. And your license plate says O W S O M 50. <laughs> so there you go. Um, <laughs> awesome 50. Nice old looking car. Roadster kind of thing.
1: It looks Silver. like the car from The Car. Is that just Ooh, me?
2: Ooh, that's a good call.
1: Doesn't Gonzalez say something about him later on? Like he's a cobra's leg. So he's a fugitive from the 50s. So yeah, that kind of makes can sense. You can see that. His, his
2: <laughs> pants are a little high-waisted for that, but yeah. <laughs> um, it looks good. And I, 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 I mean, he's got, you know, like the, the pearl-handled pistol with the cobra on it. Why he doesn't drive a cobra, I'm not sure. But I don't hey know. he's got he, the look down though. Yeah, he the does. Rest of them. the mirrored sunglasses. Mirrored sunglasses. The perfect
1: absolute perfect amount of five o'clock shadow, you know? Yes. Like yes. not it's, too much, not too little. Not at all it's, patchy. It's, it's perfect.
2: It's it's very nice. Yeah, it's you a know? very nice look. It's a very nice look. And but, the, uh, okay. by the way, this is where we get the our our Christmas movie too, by yes. the way. Because that store is decked. The it halls is. are decked in that store, all the way down to its amazing Pepsi display.
1: Everyone loves that fucking Pepsi the display. Pepsi display <laughs> is cool. I I
2: want that Pepsi display in my home, running behind me in the background. You know, I was sitting there trying to figure out how it worked. And then you told me <laughs> it's probably just like a spinning. I'm pretty sure that's what, it looks, that's what it is tube and like yeah you're right that's probably what it it's like a barber pool it looks yeah. like it's moving but it's not see everyone very always
1: cool. talks about that for me my thing in movies is um the old school packaging of like uh food yeah. products and stuff so this yes. a supermarket scene is like is like great for me because i'm always like it's very oh, nostalgic at the, look at the cheese it's it, you know like that's it what that does... look
2: like and stuff like that i love it it does look like the safe way of my youth. Does it? I must admit. Yeah. The, sort of <laughs> like the, the way things. Yeah. It, it looks very much like the safe way of my youth. Um, now I got to admit when I saw Andrew Robinson star of dirty Harry as the Scorpio killer in dirty Harry, I just assumed he was the leader of the cult. <laughs> I, I, you know, I got to admit that. Was and like you
1: said, that was my
2: head. Yeah, missed opportunity, I got to say, but we'll get there. That's that's later. That's later. Now, this this is okay, the, the 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 we see how the whole well, works.
1: Sorry. But like I was saying before, <laughs> we kind of see how it seems like society is, I think um or what they're trying to like make some kind of comment on like when this guy first gets to the supermarket, I think, like he he parks in the handicap spot for one thing. just like no rules no law or whatever and when he gets out there's there's a couple like in the car like parked next to him that are just kind of like arguing about something like why would we have to add that in and he when he walks in he's bumping into people and everyone's all rude and stuff so it's just like there's something wrong like well the famous line from the movie crime is a disease or whatever like there's yeah (laughs) And and that's, okay, again, we'll get to it later with, like, with, what the quote-unquote purpose of this cult that is kind of faceless and nameless and leaderless is <laughs> to weed out the weak yeah. from society. That's about as far as, like, as deep as this movie goes.
2: Yeah, there's not a lot of deep in this movie, there's but not. it's super shiny and fun and things yeah. blow up. And they, like, really that's blow up. Like and there's a great it. car chase in the middle. Which we will talk about as well. Um, Now, there is. What we see here, how the Cobra works. This is great. You know, (laughs) it's like, because he's got the great one liners, you know? It's like, oh, blow this place up. Go ahead. I don't shop here. You know, I mean, that's a good line. It's like, I I don't care if you blow this place up. Now, he doesn't mean it, of course, because he doesn't want to see people get hurt. You're a disease and I'm the cure. And I love how he says, "Drop it," and then immediately starts shooting him. He doesn't even give him a chance to drop it. He just sh- starts shooting him.
1: The guys um, talking about how it's something that the bad guys repeats is like it's the way of the new world. And if you, when you watch it with the subtitles, like "new world" is capitalized, as capitalized, if this is like yes. a, as if it's a new the new like,
2: world order. Yeah, it's sort of like you know yeah. conspiracy <laughs> theories and stuff like that so there's kind of some stuff that's sort of like still kind of frighteningly relevant about uh and they're uh, judging from the number of documentaries that i've watched this year alone about cults there's like (laughs) lots of cults out there
1: there are
2: maybe some of them axes together yeah
1: he wants the tv cameras and crew brought in like he wants he's not a psycho he's a hero He's the hero yeah. of the new world. He's a hunter. So, so they want some kind of, uh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm still, I'm, I wish, I just wish this movie had more about the cult and like what, what exactly they're doing. And <laughs> I wish
2: Andy Robinson was leading. it. Uh, we need a leader. Need, we need the brain need leader. Pa- we have, the, we have the brawn leader. We need the brain leader. I need to know what your, what your, what your mission
1: is here. <laughs> exactly.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, the this is where you have you know, the other reporter doing the... This is the Dirty Harry moment, I think, where it says this is essentially the 80s version of Dirty Harry. It says people are entitled to protection by the law. And he says, you tell that to his family, huh? Yeah. And, um <laughs> you know, the dead kid and all that. Because um, Dirty Harry was sort of a response to, like, Miranda rights and all that stuff. You know, guy got off f- even though he killed someone because he didn't have his rights read to him that's what dirty harry was. It was like is mm. about victim's rights. You know, yeah. which you know, I think is important too, but I mean there is equal protection under the law and we got to, you know, people have right to due process too. I mean these are these are things that need to be balanced and um, yes. and it's just a difficult thing because we live in a world that has humans in it and uh, <laughs> humans, <laughs> humans are, are messy. messy. Yes. Very very messy. Yes they are. Yes, it's a disease and I'm the cure. <laughs> um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to start they, saying that in my daily life. It's like, you hungry? It's like, that's a disease.
0: <laughs> These the nachos cure. are the cure.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
1: and they make mention of the uh, the uh, Night Slasher here.
2: The Night Slasher, which is clearly based on Ramirez and the Night Stalker. Ramirez, um, And yes. again, <laughs> then you're bringing in satanic panic oh that's true yeah satanic panic was satanic
1: they're a satanic cult yes the axes could be i don't know i
2: i always assumed they were a satanic cult um but i don't know that's just the way it works out in my head
1: (laughs) it's got a lot of (laughs) they all they all ride motorcycles
2: the motorcycles motorcycle gangs yeah which is very mandy as well (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now that i think of it yeah yeah so uh, satanic panic stuff is always kind of fascinating to me because i sort of experienced a little bit of it i wasn't really allowed to do like dungeons and dragons and things like that when right. i was a kid <laughs> um, did you see that there was because a, of satan
1: th- there's a new documentary i'm i about really want to see it. i want to watch I, that it is i believe satan wants, satan wants you is what it's called yeah
2: like, I think it's, I think it's a pay to watch thing, yeah. which is fine. Uh, I just need to, if I'm going to pay to watch something, I got to, you know, have time to right. <laughs> watch it, you know, so I, so my I other, don't have to, yeah.
1: <laughs> my other uh, infamous uh, Michelle thing in, <laughs> in pop culture is that, uh, that book Michelle remembers.
2: <laughs> oh yes, there you go. And that's what that is about panic. apparently. Yeah, that's what the yes, that's documentary my understanding. is about. Yeah, so it's not. It doesn't go into you know all of the satanic panic. I guess it's just sort of like this book that sort of sparked this whole I'm beginning really of this thing. There's I a it. I and you know I watched um, a film actually. It was like a, a about that daycare center. I can't uh. remember what. Yeah, and and that was that was pretty interesting. It was it, I mean James Woods was the lawyer or whatever, but he's a good actor. Even if he's kind of an ass, <sighs> kind of not kind of. Even if he's an ass, he's a great actor. <laughs> I got yes. it. It's like, damn it, why are you such a good actor? Because um, he really is. Anyway, is. Um, Cobra. Yeah, you're too violent. I think that's funny. <laughs> where where Cobra says to his partner, "You're too violent."
1: He and Gonzalez are adorable i'm sorry they're wonderful <laughs> that's the only word i can come up with it's and adorable tells to it, me <laughs> it must be all that junk
2: food this is the guy who who keeps his gun cleaning equipment in an egg carton in his okay. refrigerator and uh, yeah, he eats his nightly pizza with everyone scissor- talks scissors
1: again everyone always talks about the pizza scissors but why are we not mentioning yeah the empty egg carton with the gun cleaning equipment why is it in the fridge? Why is I mean, great use of recycling, you know, using the egg carton for something else, go. sure. Yeah. But <laughs> again, it's just a movie with personality where it would just like puts shit like that in there for no
2: reason other no than reason. It, it
1: can, I think. You know? <laughs> it,
2: I, I think it's I think it's because it starts the conversation. It's like Sure. Huh. This movie is quirky. Quirky. <laughs> That's it. Now, this Angel of the City montage where... I mean, this is like three things going on at once. First of all, you're introduced to a character. You don't know who the hell she is. It's Brigitte Nielsen, so who cares? Um, and she is Freaking doing... gorgeous weirdest, in this movie. Weirdest, Yeah, she's gorgeous in this. She's doing the weirdest fucking photo shoot, though. The robots? Yeah. The robots. The robots like, are interesting. What? <laughs> and, and she's like wearing different clothes and then they show her with her really short hair which is like her real hair and the rest of the movie she's wearing this crazy wig like we know that's not her hair why is she in the the hospital i love that curly
1: hair bangs thing so i love she looks good yeah
2: yeah but they literally show that that's not her hair in the photo anyway um and then well, don't
1: forget we also have the other thing that you cannot leave out of an 80s action movie especially where the main character is a cop he, he he's the gotta be that down. you gotta have he's gotta be that lone wolf type of cop who who they kind of they put up with his his tactics and his antics but you know they let him know Cobretti that you you do things the wrong way. You cause too much damage. There's got to be some kind of contention between him and the captain or whoever the oh, hell. Yeah. Um, um I love the guy that plays uh, Art Lafleur, who plays the captain. I love. He's it. great. He's one of those actors. Like I learned his. He's name one for of those this. faces. Cause, yeah, because I was like, I know, his, I know that face from like everywhere. He, he's great. Yeah. He, like um, Monty, is uh, Andrew Robinson. Yeah. He's the like a lieutenant. Or something? I don't know. Yeah, something ranks? Like that. Yeah, I don't know but, ranks. But so
2: Cobra's a, Cobra's a lieutenant too. Okay, but he's on the zombie squad. Yeah, whatever that means. They don't really say. Do they say? say? Did I miss that?
1: I guess it's where they can. Do a lot of damage, like he does, or something. I, I guess they he's sort of like
2: 007, licensed to kill, kind of thing. I guess I don't know. But yeah. they all don't
1: like. But they don't like that he does that. They they want to get him in trouble all the time because again, it's it's an eighties action movie. You can't. There's got to be a fight, you know, with the captain, and he's doing the like I, I'm yeah. right, and you guys are wrong this whole time. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> of course, mixed in with this montage, they have "Angel of the City" is the song. And it's just a weird montage, because you know they're like showing the cult, they're showing the guy sharpening the knife, the night slasher is sharpening that crazy knife he's got, and then they show people hitting axes together, and then the mm-hmm. little flash frames of the skull and crossbones, and then you have Cobra, and is it Gonzalez? Is that his? His, what's his yeah. His partner's name. Okay, they're going in, they're shaking down sub suspects, like, hey. <laughs> but you can't hear anything they're saying because the music's going on. Um, so it's sort well, of like Popeye see. Doyle uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Roy Scheider, you know, in French Connection doing that sort of thing, except you can't hear what they're saying, you know, sort of condenses <laughs> all that stuff. into it's like, did you pick your feet in Poughkeepsie? And I, I, I'm <laughs> I'm having too much fun. I'm sorry. This, this, well, we learn from a news cat. This makes me happy.
1: <laughs> it does. I know. Yeah. I understand. <laughs> We learned from the, a newscast earlier when he's doing the pizza scissors um, that the yes. the night slasher um, makes no discernment about his victims. You know, he, he apparently kills anybody in a any, any lot of different ways. Um, and
2: we also learn it's the season for Toys R Us because there's also <laughs> a lot of product placement in this movie.
1: We love Pepsi. I love Pepsi.
2: We love Pepsi. Yeah.
1: Well, and then we actually see... Not just one person, but two guys attack a woman you know, um, in our car right and then attack a, another woman in their car, but this time there's a woman with them okay, and then the, the I have to talk about the main kind of he's basically named the the night slasher in yeah. the movie when it's really all of them, I would say because like yeah, it seems like it all of the members of the cult are going out and killing people that's the whole that's the whole thing that's, whole that's what, point. what but he's like the face. But he's like the face of it. And the Quote, face unquote.
2: is. No one always looks like uh,
1: the face is Brian Thompson. And he is an actor. I love this dude. OK, he he's another one of those like um, he always played some kind of like heavy in the in the background of, a, of an action movie. He was also on Buffy twice. OK, two very important roles. He's in the very first episode. He played Luke. And then he was also the blue guy, the judge that she kills
2: a uh, rocket launcher again. He's in the Terminator.
1: He's in like three he's amigos. Got, uh,
2: <laughs> Miracle Mile, The Tragedy of Macbeth, Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe Dirt. I, I'm just, <laughs> it's just what he said. Okay. Mortal Kombat.
1: He is in, he's just, he's another one of those guys, one of those faces. He is. I, I can, and I, I, just, see I always that. like seeing him, you know? Yeah. That's exciting however if you want to actually see brian thompson in a starring role this is the one i was looking for because i couldn't remember the name um he is in a great movie um uh called hired to kill um what yeah. uh, directed by uh, nico masturakis if you know that name you know that it's a super fun movie so seek that one out arrow put out a blu-ray and that's how i i found it and he, he's kind of the star of that which is i had never seen this guy brian thompson as a star of anything and it's a lot of fun. Definitely a movie to check out. Yeah. Just throw that out there. Sorry.
2: <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. So after the montage, this is where Brigitte Nielsen becomes sort of like really part of the picture, right? Because mm-hmm. she gets attacked in the garage by- That's a cool sequence. Cults. Yeah. Cult people, including the woman. Is she there? I can't remember. In the garage? Yeah. I- don't think so remember but i find it really fascinating that they wear the stockings over their heads with eye (laughs) holes it's just weird looking you know it's really weird looking it's 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 very disturbing it's kind of a unique take on the whole stocking cap uh, stocking mask thing
1: Which is just disturbing on its own, like the way it It like smushes their nose. Yeah. I don't know. It makes. uh, I always hate that look. It's creepy as fuck.
2: It's like in Manhunter where he just wears it over the top (laughs) half of his head.
1: Yes. (laughs) (sighs) Well, this is where we find out that that woman that was with the night slasher is also a cop.
2: He's (gasps) a cop. What? They reveal that really early. You know, it, it is kind of a weird thing to reveal that early, but you know, hey. But like I said, that's why I kept expecting there to be like, oh, wait a minute, Monty is also involved. You know, that's you know, I, I expected a later <laughs> maybe know, it doesn't sort of go with revelation. It. Just gotta go with it. You know, you just go with it. I'm gonna harp on that. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, now my next note is. Why does she have her wig on in the hospital? But she get does she get attacked in the hospital too? I I gosh I, I, I don't have yeah. enough notes. I'm missing <laughs> notes. Clearly. You're kind of we're kind of going a little movie. bit out of order.
1: I think that Are poor we? security guard in the parking garage. By the way, <laughs> oh, gets rammed by the I, van.
2: My Never. note just says garage attack, hospital, freeway chase. So I'm like I'm. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, there's not much going on. I mean, she's in the no. hospital. Um, Cobra and uh, Gonzalez show up and are talking to her and stuff. And Oh, this is this is when they start, like, just more with the personality and just the, the random funny shit. And they start eating her hospital food.
2: <laughs> right.
1: They start just like. He's, Gonzalez just, is so funny. because she's just he's, there like, what? He's like always <laughs> what are you doing? eating.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's always eating, which is pretty funny.
1: And they right. start, um, and they as they're um, separating, you know, and they're, they're t- kind of talking about. Oh, she was, she was good looking, wasn't she, and Cobra? <laughs> it's like I wasn't, I wasn't working. think about that. I was, I was focused on the job. And he right. calls him a fucking liar. He says, Cobra says, "Hey, watch your mouth. You're in public." That's another <laughs> line I'm gonna take.
2: <laughs> I like it.
1: I like it. <laughs> Anytime someone curses, like, watch your mouth. You're in public.
2: This freeway, the car chase in this. Is pretty great. I I got to say, I, I especially think I love the part where they're, they're on that uh, road yeah. or bridge that has right. the hills and they're like jumping. Sure. The cars are jumping. That is just amazing. See. That's a, that's an all timer car chase. Now I got to ask, this is off the cuff a little bit here. Don't think too hard. Favorite car chases. What are some favorite car chases? Any, anything?
1: Uh, Ronin. Ronan. Ronin. Um, ah, what was that one? The seven ups.
2: Seven ups, that's one I was gonna say too.
1: French Connection is a classic, but it's
2: yeah for real one of the best. Well, French Connection, Seven Ups, both of those are pretty great. In honor of Ryan O'Neill, I'm gonna throw in the driver and I'm oh, gonna right. throw in and I'm gonna throw in what's up doc. Because I mean I know it's not <laughs> just cars <laughs> but I mean they're on the bike and all that stuff. Right. And you know, just you know, Flying, it's it's for comedic effect but it's a great chase sequence (laughs) gotta admit that so r.i.p ryan o'neill lots of great movies and love story um so i've never seen love story that was just joke
1: we're gonna be talking about one of his movies i think
2: on an episode that we've got planned that is the plan it's been on the plan for a while
1: for like two years Uh, i know we'll get to it
2: we'll get to it we'll do it (laughs) um
1: Cobretti, do you know that you have an attitude problem? Yeah, but it's just a little one. <laughs> it's another line you can steal. <laughs> That's a good one. I like that.
2: Yeah, I like that.
1: So, I yeah, like they've that. taken her to a safe house, and this is where the chase happens. And, of course, he's got, like, the race car seatbelts in his car. Yes. And he's got the NOS, so <laughs> it makes it even better.
2: Yeah. I also have to say, like in First Blood, there's just something about seeing things actually explode in movies. Mm-hmm. Cuz I mean, I'm watching a preview for I don't know if it's going to be any good but for, for the Jason Statham movie The Beekeeper and yeah. they show this building "quote unquote" blow up, but it's so obviously CGI that yeah. I just want to go I just want to scream. Whereas here They have, like, tanker trucks and stuff like that, and they actually blow up. I don't know. Something about real explosions on screen is just, like, it's amazing. I want to see
1: real cars crashing. I want to see real fire, dirt, and smoke, and sweat. And I want to see, like,
2: guys being dudes movies like this. (laughs) This This is what I love. It just seems like so much of what, I mean like like stunt acting too i mean i remember oh,
1: the, I, the chase later on when there's like the dudes mm-hmm. that are like stunt acting like falling off of their yeah. motorcycles and shit like yeah that's great
2: yeah and you know but later like, on okay. in this movie i i one of the things that was so great about the original indiana jones movies the spielberg ones is especially the first three is they are real stunts there's only one out. what are you talking about uh, right. There's there's only one Indiana Jones movie. I'm sorry. So in Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know that there are real stunts. There are real people actually doing these things. Obviously there's safety precautions involved so people don't get hurt, but there's a, it's tactile. It feels dangerous. Yeah, one of the exactly. things about Dial of Destiny that drive me drove me crazy was like even so- something that was would have absolutely been done as a real stunt in any of those movies was clearly done with CGI. And it looked so bad that I just was like, this is not, it doesn't sort of ruins the spirit of the movies of those movies to me. Same thing. I remember like James Bond movies. I mean, stunts were such a huge thing of those. I mean, and they brought them back. Thank God. When uh, Mm -hmm. most of the Daniel Craig movies where they really did that. But um, I remember one, there was like, where Halle Berry is supposed to be doing, like, a dive or something like that. And it was so clearly CGI that, I mean, like, her, the body would morph and stuff like that. Like, it didn't look real at all. Mm, yeah. And and it was just, it felt like a betrayal, you know? <laughs> I'm serious. It's... I, I know that's, I, I mean, it, it was just like, it, and there's there's this movie preview that i'm seeing all the time now where they show this cat flying in the air towards the screen it's like it is so clearly fake that you just i'm like this is not fun to me i mean i want to see things that are tactile i want to see things that are that feel like there's an element of danger you know Mm -hmm. i want to feel i want to I want to feel the impact of the shockwave of the explosion coming off the screen. I watched Speed with my kids and I said, hey, they actually ran a bus into that airplane and blew it up. That's what they had to do back then. And they were like, yeah. that's cool. You know? <laughs> yeah.
1: <sighs> anyway. I feel the same way. I think that's that's the perfect word to describe it. Because sometimes when I watch modern and action movies, they just feel so... They don't have the personality for one thing, a lot of them don't that like these kinds yeah. of movies do. They just they're so bloated too. Like I know I hate complaining about like length um, of movies, yeah. About length of movies cuz I on one hand like I don't really care like make it as long as you need to, but then like you also do need to If the movies If the is good, I'm, yeah. I remember watching one of the Mission Impossible movies with my family and we were getting so bored and we were like there's 40 minutes left. It's like you can- how do you make like something that's supposed to be like exciting and like this is what 90 minutes? Yeah. That's that's what you need. And but I think tactile is, is the right way to do it. It's the same the right way to describe it because it's the same thing that like horror fans will talk about with like in-camera practical effect gore effects and stuff yeah, like that as opposed absolutely. to like fake blood and, and that kind of stuff like CGI it, just, it blood just
2: looks really awful yeah
1: too. it just yeah. doesn't feel right it takes does it takes you out of it for a second like yeah. yeah when you're watching any kind of movie like you know you're watching a movie but when it's cgi or when you're like oh that's that's cgi fire or that's water mm-hmm. you know this doesn't mm-hmm. look doesn't look right it takes you out of it for a second
2: and that's unless it, it's godzilla like minus that. one when I I, didn't I care. did I, I was not it, I taken not out of it in that one yeah, yeah. it's it's because it, it was like wow there was because the rest about of the that, movie
1: was so perfect I think
2: <laughs> because there was that tactile element yeah. to it you know you did feel like like when she's on the train and stuff like that I yes. felt like there was stuff there you know that there was enough she was interacting with that it felt again that that word tactile I think is the one I. am drawn to for this so it makes the most
1: anyway. sense it keeps you it keeps you in the moment because i, I, I yes. remember watching that um that car chase and the seven ups and like that's what that's what it's that's how it's supposed to make you feel you're supposed to be like oh uh, like some you know watching stuff blow up or watching mm-hmm. them hit things and you know you're supposed where to you be would, able to feel that danger where you kind of don't sometimes when yeah. they're not not done the right way where it's not there's not a sense of enough of a sense of reality to it
2: yeah yeah there's a sort of weightless quality to it yeah yeah it's hard to hard to explain but yeah there's anywho. who um, like
1: you get anything from like the 80s or the 90s or like down and dirty like action movies where like you know people literally you can see like the main characters are like they, they get hurt and they're they're bloody and they're sweaty and dirty by the end. And it's like sometimes it doesn't feel like that at, <laughs> at the All end right. of um, other kinds of movies. Like, I want to feel like they've they've been through this. I want to feel like they've been yeah. through something coming out the mm-hmm. other end.
2: You know? I mean, I know it's hard. I know how much hard work goes <laughs> That's into... That's what she said. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, like this sort of started you know i i i don't mean to pick on superhero movies but i'm going to slightly pick on superhero movies you just know that they're acting in front of a green screen yeah and there are things that they are hitting that are not there and i know that it's as an actor that is hard to do that is hard work i know as a as a special effects artist that is difficult work making any kind long, of movie, hard, right? time yeah, consuming absolutely. work yeah so i'm not undermining it i'm just no. saying i i wish that there was more of a sense of weight to these things now it's funny because people used to say like stop motion like king kong or something like that it looks fake but it feels real Because there actually was something there, right? Whereas, and when CGI, especially when it was first coming out. Or like the original
1: Godzilla. Yeah,
2: right, right. (laughs) Jurassic Park you can take out of the equation because that's a different thing. They really figured out the the balance in that movie. But a lot of movies that followed that, it's like it looks real, but it feels fake.
1: No, that's that's about it, yeah.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so that's, I don't know, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at right now um uh, yeah I'm not
1: disparaging of any of those movies like superhero movies no. or action movies of, of now because some of them like are still like fucking awesome and they they do yeah, it absolutely great way. the raid and raid two those kinds of movies are awesome but there is a I'm just saying that yeah i I can feel the difference yes between like the two styles of of filmmaking and like how certain yeah. uh, stunts and effects were achieved, like you can right, there's obvi- you can obviously feel the difference. That's all. Yeah, that's what I mean yeah. too.
2: Well, and part of it has become so outrageously expensive to make a movie. Yeah. That I mean, to to if you don't have to blow up a building, you're, <laughs> you're gonna save some money and not actually blow up the building. Whereas you know you look at like Terminator Two. They blow up that office building. That thing was going to be torn down anyway. They actually blew it up. Sweet, pretty rad. Okay, anyway, (laughs) rant over. Moving on. What are we looking (laughs) at here now? Also,
1: on this in this chase is when he's driving backwards uh... and he's shooting, and he somehow like disintegrates a vehicle by shooting it. Like, I love that.
2: (laughs) Go back and rewind. Watch that part. You're like, how? But. Now somehow they end up at the shipyards. I love all that kind of stuff, movie magic, and <laughs> um, his car. Man, oh, they really wow. waste that car. It's very sad. He has to drive a pickup after that. I like that car. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Anyway,
1: he has a fight with the superiors again, of course, because gotta gotta have and that here, sprinkled in throughout. You know, Monty
2: Monty says we should keep her in the city. That's why I think. That's another thing. It was like, oh, like she'll be you know,
1: safer here. We can protect her here. Exactly. Like, who are that's, you really
2: talking about, Monty? That's oh, okay. That's okay. right. Because he's like, <laughs> he's like, he's going to send his goons after. Why are they even sending? <laughs> why are they even trying to kill her? Because she saw Brian Thompson's face. Oh, duh. Sorry. So she's, <laughs> she saw the night, night slasher. slasher. Even though them. there are like 20 of them.
1: <laughs> right. The well, Best scene of the movie here. Is when they're at this little roadside area. Oh yeah. I love this. The ketchup. <clears throat> well, this is where we get the line. of Gonzalez calls him a fugitive from the 50s, which I'm like,
2: yeah. yeah well, that fits. before this though, they ha- there's there's they're hammering the theme of the movie away in okay. the in the drive out into the country there because she asks, why can't they just put them away and keep them away? And oh, he right, says, right, right. We put them away. They let him out. And she says, well, that's sick. I says, you got to tell it to the judge. See, again, it's it's Dirty Harry, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this that's is true. a very Reagan-era Reagan movie. <laughs> so let's put it that way. Okay. Not that there's anything wrong. Well, some people think there's something wrong with that. Other people don't. I'm going to say neutral. Okay. So- <laughs> <laughs> Roadside, I got You're nothing. Right, sorry. the fifties, all that, yeah. Now
1: and go over there and say, and say say <laughs> this to him, <laughs> Marion Cobretti.
2: Marion Cobretti.
1: <laughs> this is why I love Sylvester Stallone again. Is his reaction to this is just kind of like an aw yeah. shucks kind of thing. It's fucking adorable. I kind of wish I, I, wish I
2: had, had a tougher name. It's a, like what? Dallas. Like Alice. <laughs> that's great. It's like a boy named Sue, you know? <laughs> he um, is so cute. Well, John Wayne's real name, right? Was it was, I know, it was Marion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I feel like that's should be brought up in the script. Like, like, come on. It's like, it's like Julian, you know? Those are tough <laughs> names, man. Marion. Uh they're... In the restaurant, the eating thing. He's very judgmental about people's food. People's eating habits. You know. Do you have a
1: life preserver? Because your fries are drowning. Fries are (laughs) drowning there. What do you do to relax? Do you ever let go, have fun? She's trying to ask him, like, who's 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 the real cobra inside? Is what she's trying to get to in this scene. She she likes him at this point,
2: absolutely. Well, they were married. I know <laughs> um, briefly, <laughs> very briefly. <laughs> as it turns out, there was there was this fun. We used to watch um, the. It was like uh, it wasn't the real world. It was a surreal life. Okay. Yes. So Bridget Nielsen was on a season of that. She and Flavor of Flav, Flavor Flav, of, yeah. had a thing going on, which was interesting. Says um, and in oh, her did you watch Flavor of Love? <laughs> I never watched Flavor of Love. She but, shows
1: up on Flavor of Love. It's fantastic. <laughs> Excellent.
2: Um, but one of the things that was kind of in her—they had the little introduction. She says, "My name's is Bridget Nielsen. I became famous when I married um, Sylvester Stallone. I became even more famous when I divorced him." <laughs> so it was like, "Yeah, that's that's true. That is true." Um, and they did. They were. They also did Rocky Four. Rocky Four. They were yeah. in Rocky Four together.
1: I don't think they were, were they ever in like in a scene? I don't, I had to
2: watch that again. I don't think they were together in a scene in that movie, but he directed it. So he uh, met her. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I mean, as the director of the film, you probably meet most of your uh, maybe. actors. Maybe. I, this one
1: is, you always like to see if there's like, there's, you can just see something like in the performances, you know, between yeah. people. <laughs> Um, Little thing with the jukebox and the big like fake burger. I don't. This the big is it's very it's quirky. It's quirky. Stallone is just again. This is why I I like him as an actor is like he something of, he can do pretty good facial expressions when when uh, it calls for it. Like the, the very end of this scene, she's putting more ketchup on her right. fries, and there's just a shot of his face. And he's just like, what the hell? And it's like the perfect expression. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes like. Um, stars like him and, um, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Arnold. And, you know, they don't, people don't see them as actual actors. They're just like yeah. big beefy dudes, but like definitely. Well, I think that's
2: true of Eastwood and, and John Wayne before them too. You know, sure. sort of yeah, these action, action personalities, you know, not more yeah. than actors, but Stallone is, is a surprising actor, you know, when, you know, he's not always cast well, but, um, he's really got some interesting things that he up his sleeve. He's very.
1: I think he's just a, He's just natural. I think is his strength. Yeah,
2: I think so too. He just
1: kind of is, and it works.
2: There's an authenticity to it.
1: Mm-hmm, yeah. Absolutely. You got some kissy times in the. Got some kissy in the times. Hotel. In the hotel.
2: Yeah, the crossroads. <laughs> the in quotes. I didn't know this. I'm dumb. <laughs> well, I didn't. I didn't notice it. you're not dumb it's just i'm a guitar player so it's it's just sort of like legend for guitar players to know that the crossroads is where robert johnson sold his soul to the devil to be able to play the guitar you know we've all done that it's just if you're any good at guitar you've sold your soul to the devil that's just (laughs) common knowledge
1: (laughs) you have no soul brian
2: yeah i know but if i did i would probably be a better guitar player (laughs) <laughs> that is the trade off. It's a trade off, yeah. Um so the motorcycle gang, we see them coming.
1: They are they're riding you know, up in the sunset,
2: in their, sunrise. In or, their in their Mandy yeah. shots, you know. <laughs> exactly. um, Tony Scott, <laughs> Michael Mann, uh, who else, you know, does this look like? Uh, it's pretty great. Now this is funny. Okay. They always there's a, there's talk nowadays about militarizing the police and this scene where he's like reaching into his bag and he pulls out a hand grenade, then like two more hand grenades, then he pulls out an Uzi and starts putting it together in the hotel room. That is why. Where, where are you at? I'm, I'm, well, I guess they, I guess I'm skipping ahead a little bit. I was just thinking of the part where he, uh, where he's like arming himself. He's getting his oh. Uzi ready and he's getting his. Uh, the more like in... people
1: show up. They find out that the cop woman
2: is yeah. a bad guy. Yeah. I always hated that bitch.
1: You look so mad. But this is another great line. What's wrong with you? You look so mad.
2: I always look this way before breakfast. Me too. For me, it's coffee. I'm Same, a coffee. Cobra. You know, if I haven't had my coffee, I'm just like a cranky, hangry guy. I got to say this shootout is
1: fantastic. This is one of the things I always remember from this is this sh- the shootout yeah. here. It's really cool.
2: It's great.
1: I like the music in it too cuz it's yeah. um it's like scary music. This is almost kind of the way that this plays out it's not so much like um, the whole movie really is not so much like an action movie but it's like partially a horror movie in a way. Yeah. And like that's what this the scene is like it's like scary music that it's, there's um Kind of sounds like alarms in the, the soundtrack, too.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Just it's really cool mood that it sets. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, you know, another thing of 80s movies is is like car chases and action sequences, shootouts. They don't stay in one place. They move. Mm-hmm. So That's we true. start out, at, we're, we're, then we kind of have a short car chase. We end up in Orange Grove. That's a that's a great LA kind of thing, you know, yeah. sort of the outskirts of LA. You got all the orange groves and stuff like that. And then um it moves into Is that like a steel mill? I I cannot It's a foundry. It's a foundry in an orange grove. Yeah. Naturally. I mean, cuz <laughs> where else would it be? This is where we have another <laughs> another reference to the Miranda rights. And pours the gas on that guy. You have the right to remain silent. <laughs> and sets him on fire. The Magic. match. The, the match has finally come in handy. Yeah. Yeah,
1: my note is, sets a guy on fire. Jesus. Like, did he have to go like, <laughs> it's a little extreme, buddy.
2: <laughs> and they really set that guy on fire. They probably put it out. After I'm pretty the, sure he was wearing before a suit he died. and everything. And they yeah, put him out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, i hope so. so yeah yeah um now the fight they got the fight with the actual the night slasher here but you got to remember there's like 20 more members of this cult that are just yeah why
1: how how is this movie over with when, when, with this guy being taken because
2: out? he's clearly just sort of the head the muscle he's the muscle he's yeah. not He's not the brains. Is is the cop lady supposed to be the brains? She doesn't seem like the brains to me.
1: It seems like it could go pretty, it could be like one of those, it could be anybody in the city things. Because if you look yeah. in that, the opening scene where they're all like banging their axes together, there's like a dude there in a suit, I noticed. Yeah, it's Monty. I'm it. telling
2: you, this movie <laughs> is supposed to have a third act twist where it's Monty and yes, the Scorpio killer. from Dirty Harry is the real villain. This movie ends like 15 minutes too early, in my opinion. And it's a short movie. It's a short movie. It could still be a nice, brisk film, even if it had that, you know, one little, one more push at the end. One more. Or twist.
1: Because the woman cup also just kind of feels like she's like a little puppet master for... The Night slasher but she feels, guy, but she's but kind not, of she's, puppet herself. Yeah, but she doesn't like. feel like the leader either. Yeah, no. So yeah. I don't. I don't know.
0: Yeah, there's a lot I'm of there's also
1: fun stuff earlier when he's like putting uh, the grease in his hair too, and he goes to attack her at the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Trying to disguise himself and wearing the glasses and stuff. You're supposed you guys to, take are supposed the to service. use a service <laughs> elevator. <laughs> Thank you. And then she tells him. Like several times, take the stairs. Well, which one? You know, The stairs or the service the elevator? service
2: elevator. <laughs> yeah. It's a safety issue or a sanitation issue or something. Yeah. Um, now, the way that he gets killed. Oh, my God. It's amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is. Love it. This is. Well, first, you know, we, like, we got to They saw the, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre and said, <laughs> we can do better than we that. We can do that. They didn't show anything. We're gonna show you actual impaling on a giant hook.
1: Well, first I gotta ditch the guns
2: that and yes. have a
1: good old knife versus chain fight, which is ugh, again. Yes, like, I love ag- this shit. Again
2: <laughs> again, Mandy, because they have a chainsaw fight.
1: Oh really? Yeah. Maybe the I giant watch this movie. they're
2: they're like giant chainsaws too. They're like you know like redwood chainsaws. Like, <laughs> they're they're like redwood yeah. Yeah, they're like six feet long. And I'm not exaggerating. They're really, really big. Uh, so, anyway. Huh. Um, I want your eyes. Pig. We
1: are the hunters. We kill the weak so the strong survive. This is what the night slasher is saying. Again, like, that's not really much of a mission statement.
2: Yeah, it's sort of like, you know, we're, we're forcing natural selection here kind of thing.
1: Yeah, and they're in this this area where there's like fire and probably like molten metal and stuff everywhere. And so you're just kind of wondering like, how is this guy going to get taken out? And when it's like throw him up on a big hook and have, and, and get sent off in a tunnel of fire. On fire. Ugh, it's gorgeous. <laughs> it is it's beautiful. I love it.
2: Yeah. I, I think, I think James Cameron saw this and said, "Okay, Terminator 2. We got to do that." You know? I mean, come on. Good stuff. Good yeah, stuff. good stuff. Good stuff. Now, my next note says gummy bears, and I don't <laughs> really <laughs> Because I, some, Gonzalez was killed injured. was not
1: killed. He was injured in the the shootout and he's yeah. he's like um being taken away in the hospital and he says, "You know what I really want is I want some gummy bears." Gummy bears. <laughs>
2: yeah and then you know cobra once it's like hey we're gonna take you off the zombie squad hey we're gonna is there anything you want well i would like my car fixed (laughs) Uh, it's it's not in the budget i'm
1: not not gonna do that
2: not in the budget can't do that and and it's like oh i'm gonna give you a uh isn't it monty or something like that it says you know i i'm gonna sort of sort of his Vankman moment i'm gonna take back some of the things i said about you (laughs) instead of giving him a candy bar he uh uh, Cobra just punches him in the face.
1: No, what I like about that moment, though, is that he's shaking his hand. Right. And he punches him in the face while he, and he's still holding on to his hand.
2: Do you know what I you know, do? Just, in that cool. case, you're shaking their hand, you punch them. So then they fall back and you have their hand still. You're yeah. pulling forward and you punch he, them again. He... <laughs> that, that That's, you know, I mean, there there are lots of things that could have happened after this sequence because i mean they just get on the motorcycle and drive off credits roll that's he a real off
1: with a girl oh uh, yeah
2: that's that ending is abrupt because i mean there's like a lot of that cult left um yeah that's what that's happened the to the what happened to the lady did she get killed or did she, she get got killed arrested yeah. okay i couldn't remember yeah because she was killed yeah, it, just, it feels like that storyline is not fully completed but that's okay it's okay we needed, because we needed like crimes or... crimes not, not 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 yeah crimes not finished i don't think this movie was a big success is the problem so maybe they thought I, oh this is gonna care. be a new franchise i i wonder if they <laughs> thought this was gonna be a franchise it feels like it was maybe you know where they find out that monty is actually the mastermind right um because it's obvious i mean you don't hire andrew robinson and not have him turn out to be some sort of diabolical character that's true that is, what it, is what it is i always just think of him as Hell i love Razor him guy. in this movie though i kind of yeah. love him in everything even if he's kind of a dick i mean kind of
1: i've never no. seen him as like a, a nice normal character i don't think <laughs> i mean in charlie varick
2: he's just sort of a he's in that he's, yeah, I gotta watch that he's, again. He's, he's he's kind of a a bumpkin, you know. He's uh, he's Charlie's uh, sort of assistant. Um, so that movie is great too. It is. I really like that movie. Um, well, there yeah. we go. Marion Cobretti riding off into the sun, rise set something, it's the sun this morning, uh, on his motorcycle with. Uh, Bridget Knudsen, Ingrid. Ingrid, is that her name? I never noticed. I couldn't. I could not have told you her name because I was <laughs> Ingrid
1: Knudsen. Come on, Knudsen.
2: I should have known that. I know some they say that. Yes, they do. She must be Swedish. <laughs> um, <laughs> you think? Uh, anyway, <laughs> no. Uh,
1: this is yeah super fun movie I I always enjoyed watching this it just it goes by so quick too it is
2: 86 the minutes last,
1: yeah the last time I watched this I remember being like oh shit it's almost over yeah. <laughs> first blood thing. too
2: first blood's really short I mean it feels like first blood packs a lot into its little short run time you know um, packs a lot of like ideas and stuff and it's 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 a quick movie it goes by quick yeah I
1: remember when I was like it was just kind of ramping up and it was like, Oh, that's been 45 minutes already. All right.
2: Yeah, I know it's wild. Yeah. So anyway, this is uh, a great way to spend the holidays. Forget the whole is Die Hard a Christmas movie. It's tired. It's tired. It's time to retire that it's time to say, you know, Cobra and first blood are Christmas movies because they are. And um, yeah, they're fun. These are great movies. Really Gives enjoyed. love to sly. Well, I should say it's First great. Blood is a great movie. Cobra is a very, very fun movie.
1: Ah, come <laughs> on.
2: <laughs> Cobra, it's hard to, I don't know if great is the word. Entertaining as hell.
1: For going off of how I rate my movies, um, Cobra is a five star movie. You know why? Because I have a lot of fun watching it. <laughs> it is a masterpiece in its own way. <laughs> if I think. Thoroughly enjoy myself the whole time I'm watching a movie. Yeah, that's five stars to me because it yeah, did its no, job. That's
2: good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I gave it three and a half because it kind that's of puzzles. All... It puzzles I'll me and entertains that. me in equal measure. It's <laughs> just like, yeah, I, I, uh, I, but I do love it. I really enjoy it. <laughs> so, um, and George P. Cosmatos.
1: Oh, well, I forgot about the connection between the two. He, he directed First
2: Blood 2 that's right he directed First Blood Part <laughs> 2 yes uh, good call which led to the making of Cobra I do believe so Rock on. yeah yeah now as I recall I could be wrong you, you're gonna have to yell at me if this is not the case I think James Cameron wrote Rambo First Blood Part 2 I have no idea yeah, uh, if I'm rem- if memory serves. So that's which is wild.
1: Don't mind Google it. Yeah. <laughs> James Cameron was then hired to oh, I lost it. He was hired to pin a first draft of the screenplay, which he was concurrently writing along with a Terminator in Aliens.
2: There you go. That's a that's a busy guy right there. So James Cameron Kevin Jarre so did a first draft and Sylvester Stallone are all listed as writers on that movie, and of course yep. David Morrell, um, who wrote apparently, uh, even though Rambo dies in his novel, he wrote a First Blood Part Two, he did. and he wrote a Rambo Three.
1: How did he um, rectify that situation?
2: He based the <laughs> he. he, he there were novelizations <laughs> of the movies. Okay. So he wrote he wrote them uh more in conjunction with the films. So this is uh our last episode of the year. Oh yeah. Or so planned. And this is the completion of our third year of movies for life. There we go. Uh three we years, will, dude. Three years three years uh, we will be back probably right after the new year I imagine is when we'll release our favorites of 2023 episode which is always fun to do um, I think I've got my top 10 and uh, however there are a couple that, as as happened last year what ended up being my favorite movie of the year I saw after we recorded that episode so I would have probably picked tar but um, Or it would have been number one or number two uh, on that list last year because I really loved that one. Uh, But uh, so this year, I I don't know. I think I think my number one is a pretty set in stone. I think I know what it is, too. (laughs) It's on my list. It's not number one, but it's on my list. So we'll be back with that. And then we'll also do a discoveries episode uh, in January as well. So uh, all of our favorite first time watches of 2023 doesn't matter what year they came out. And that'll be a fun discussion. Those are always fun to do. That's going to be a harder
1: list to make than the my of 2023. Oh, God. there's so My many.
2: discoveries list is very long this year. It always is.
1: Those are always kind of like my favorite kind of episodes that we do, and they seem to be favorites of people that listen to us. So, yep, we'll make we'll make it good for y'all again next year. Yeah, <laughs> next year.
2: That is our plan. That's our plan. We hope everyone has had a happy holiday season. Uh, however, you are enjoying this time, however you are celebrating or not celebrating or doing whatever, I hope that it's been a good uh, time of year for you. And uh, we look forward, we thank you for listening all these years now. And yes, um, hope that you will continue to share the word, spread the word about the show, rate and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Etc. Etc. Uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Life Pod. You can follow me at Brian Waves Forty Two around the socials if you'd like.
1: Uh, you can follow me mostly just on Instagram I'm at Michelle Egan. And just thank you, thank you all so much, to everybody that has like stuck with us, even if you're like silent listeners. Like we know people download the show and listen, but I don't know who you all are, but I appreciate every single one of you. It's it's amazing that anybody wants to listen to, to anything that I have to say sometimes, you know. <laughs> hopefully, we we want to have fun just talking about things that we love and keeping it positive, hopefully, and, you know, like we wanted to do originally with the show, like, come with our, our personal clinic connections and, and positivity and true love of cinema, and hopefully you guys... Feel that from us. Uh, thank you again.
2: Absolutely. There's a Not lot of a little, negativity. The, the, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of negativity in the podcast, film sphere, sphere, and Twitter sphere. So that's the symptom, and we're the cure.
1: <laughs> there you go. That's there
2: right. we go. All right.
1: Can't top that. Can't right. top that. So what are we gonna do then? We will see you all next time. <laughs> Bye. Heh <laughs>